The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good day, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, too, the Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel, infidel that Allah warns about I hold to the book of the Bible as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you would like to check us out online, please do so, SonsOfLibertyRadio.com, also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. <clears throat> Excuse me. In fact, if you're listening by way of the radio, you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. There you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side is Bradley's show from yesterday, so if you didn't get it, uh, get to catch that, you can do so up until 3 p.m. Eastern, uh, at which time he'll be live in that little area right there. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you got. Look for the Rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner. Click on that, and you can join us in the chat on Rumble. I've got a lot of friends over there this morning, so good morning to you guys. Great to see you. While you're over there, please subscribe to that channel, Sons of Liberty Radio Live, Sons of Liberty Radio Live on Rumble. We're also on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page over there, and appreciate Michael and his team giving us a, uh, a spot on their platform as well. Back to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Right up under where we're streaming live is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. Again, that goes out once a day, uh, late afternoon, early evening. We have had some issues where they, um, we've had just some third-party company that decides they want to interject themselves in between us uh, and those who have requested our emails and not allow them to go through uh, for some reason, we have evidently cleared that up. Uh, I don't know what authority they have to be a third party intermingling between the contract that we have with our email company and also those who've signed up, but they think they can do it. Um, we're going to see about that. Uh, but anyway, you can sign up for that, sonsoflibertymedia.com. Uh, it's right there. And that includes, you get all of the articles for the day, including the Morning Show Archive. And as you can see, yesterday our interview with Alex Newman, that's there as well as all the links that were there as well. Uh, finally, if you want to, go to our store. The link is at the top of the page, sonsoflibertymedia.com. And then also uh, you can get there by going to The Sons of Liberty. Don't forget the, thesonsoflibertymedia.squarespace.com. That'll take you to the store. If uh, you want to pick up any of the things we have in there, the new, latest book is... Um, uh, all the prophets were pointing to the front. Uh, we also have Soldier of the Cross. We've got the T-shirt for Soldier of the Cross and also the bundle for that. That is also linked 
in the archives. So if you're getting the archives, those are linked. They're one of the first links that you'll get uh, right after the video and the podcast there. Okay. All right. Now I want to start off today with uh, something I saw the other day. I posted to Facebook. You know, I'm, the more I'm thinking about it, the more I just want, I want to get away from a lot of those things. I understand that's how a lot of this stuff is shared. So that really the only reason I have any social media in the first place is for posting things from the sites. I, it, it's rarely I'm posting anything of me. I just, I just don't do it. And um, I, I tend to think it's probably a mechanism to get us more Babylonian in our thinking and in our talk to where they want us to say and think and believe and do all the same things. And, um, yeah, that's just not me. So I ran across this little video the other day. <clears throat> you guys on the radio, obviously, you're not going to see it. I'm going to, um, I'm just going to mute it because all there is is, is uh, I think, some music that they play. But I saw it the other day and I thought to myself, isn't this, see, this is stuff that I'm used to kind of seeing around the area in which I am. And for many of you who are not in the South, and I'm not going to say every place in the South is like this, this looks like it's Florida um, from some of the stuff that I see there. It looks like it's Florida, but I'm not sure. But there's an older lady. Um, she's got a walker. She's just her doing her best to try to, you know, doing that little shuffle like her shoes are tied together. <laughs> kind of thing, and she's just trying to get across the road through the, the, the walkway there. And there's cars coming, and she's just moving as quick as she can, and, well, let's just play it, because I <clears throat> we see so much bad news. I, there's a part of me that just wants to have a show that's nothing but good news. Maybe I can do that one day. Uh, we used to do some articles uh, when I would have time to look up stuff. Uh, the Good Report. And we would just have, you know eight or ten stories in there that were good news. It was either somebody was brought to really brought to justice, uh, somebody um, had done something kind for somebody else, just good things that people were doing. And I say good in the sense of how we perceive good. I realize there is none good but God, and boy, am I having to uh, repent in language. How many of you use the term, oh, that was a good book, oh, that was a good movie, oh, that was a good man... And you start to think about it. And then if you think about whatever you read, had, or whatever, was it really good? And I'm talking about good in the sense that when Jesus said there is none good except God, I mean, I think we have to, boy, we, we've got to be careful about what we call good because we'll find ourselves calling what's evil good and what's evil or what's good. I mean, we'll find ourselves doing that. So it's good to pay attention to what we said. So <clears throat> with that said, this is the video. I'll kind of narrate it for you guys in the audience, but I think it'll brighten your day. And boy, I encourage people to do this. This is a simple, this is a very simple act of love. Here it is. So we got this lady. She's trying to get across the street. These guys pull up. You can see them pull up in their car. They have stopped. Young man gets out. Other cars are stopping. He goes and sees if she needs some help, and they're going to help her whether she likes it or not. So he carries her walker across to the intersection here. Then the two guys pick this little lady up, <laughs> carry her across the intersection, and then carry her across the other side of the street, sit her down, and watch this. Watch this. Uh, she just wants to give him some loving. The guy goes to get her walker. Yep, he's going to get some too. They run back across. 
people have been you know held up because of them. They throw up their hands to say thank you, you know, for your patience with us. Nobody's mad. Nobody's. I didn't. I don't think anybody was blowing the horn or something. They saw what what they were doing, and I tell you what. God put that lady in the way, didn't she? <laughs> I mean, I really believe that. God put that lady in the way. It's sort of a, this is sort of a test too. How many of you guys have seen similar things and you did nothing to help? How, how many of you have seen, and look, I get it. I get some people try to play off of the kindnesses of other people, especially like with broken down cars and stuff like that. But how many of you have seen that and you've just went on your way? I'm going to ask a serious question here. What makes you any different than the Pharisee or the the priest who passed by the Good Samaritan? Stop and think about that a second. For him to know that to doeth good and doeth it, it is sin. That's what the Bible says. And here's these young men. Yeah, I don't know if they're Christian or not. I'm, I'm not making any kind of thing like that, but... They get out of their car, they're willing to block up traffic, and they help this little old lady that they apparently don't know from anybody. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's heartwarming to know that there are still people who recognize other people need help, (laughs) and they're willing to go and provide it. Okay, so I'm going to talk a little bit today about artificial intelligence. Uh, This is man's, I'm going to tell you, when I hear it and I think about it, it's almost as if it's man's ultimate middle finger to God. I find some of the stuff fascinating. I'm not going to say I don't. I don't know how all of it works. I find some of it fascinating. But man for centuries, for millennia, has been creating gods for himself, whether they're out of wood, whether they're out of metal, uh, whether they are just figments of his imagination, whether it's his own heart. Uh, he creates a God. Romans 1 tells us because it, he won't worship the revealed creator. And yes, there are no such things as atheists. You can tell me that all you want to. And many of you have heard, I used to work the YouTube channel at Nicene Council. I encountered a lot of atheists there. And um, I, I used to just hold to a principle that I'm not going to abandon the foundation of the Scripture for an argument that they're making from so-called science. And I, I hope everybody's learned something about science over the past four years of what is science and what is pseudoscience. I hope you've learned something out of that. The Bible says that we're supposed to be careful about those, you know, so-called science. They're, they're pushing that kind of stuff. But man is engaged in all kinds of idolatry. We've talked about the political idolatry here. We've talked about that of whether it was Barack Obama at the time. I mean, the idolatry that he had, some of the, the, the images and things that people were buying up and putting out, and some of the things he was saying was just, I mean, it was incredible. I was blown away by it. Then we had Donald Trump doing the same thing, becoming even more emboldened to tie himself uh, to Scripture and to the Son of God as though He's the Christ. Even tweeting it out. We, we do it with cars. We do it with movie. We do it with food. We do it with women or vice versa, with men. We create all kinds of idols, things that we put before God. 
And then we create them in such a fashion. You know, it was the I think it's the Amish who do, who don't really want you taking their picture because they believe it's a form of idolatry. I get the thinking. I get the understanding behind all of that. I really do. But here's what happens. What happens when man creates gods? They look just like him, don't they? They look just like the wicked, depraved, sinful man that created them. You know, the Old Testament would talk about, why don't you go to your gods? You make them. They got ears, but they don't hear. They got a mouth, but they don't speak. They got eyes, but they don't see. Why don't you go to those gods for your help? And see, Israel in the time, we're going to see this in 1 Corinthians 10 when we go over there in just a second. But Israel was one who had the true God. They had seen His power. They knew it. Psalm 78, they had passed it on to their children. And yet they were still engaging in idolatry all over the place, all the time. And then coming in for the worship of God as though everything's cool. How many of you are like that? You engage in your idolatry all week long, only to come to, you know, the Sunday service or whatever, or the Saturday service, and be hypocritical towards God. You know, he told Israel that they were adulterers and adulteresses. Why? Because they had went after foreign gods. This is one way in which AI is just like man. In fact, when you go back and you read about the Greek myths, you know, Hercules, Medusa, you know, all these guys, and then you go to the Roman side, you're, whether you're, uh, you're doing Apollos or Zeus or whoever. And I forget which ones were on either side, but Greek and Romans were this. It was the same, you know, little deities that they had created. They just gave them different names. And you'll see them. They're very fleshly. <clears throat> they're just like the people who made them. And that's the whole point. They're just like the people who made them. So here was one of the latest stories. Check this out. Google's artificial intelligence says pedophilia is not wrong. Minor attracted persons need compassion and understanding. You see what they do with the language? Minor attracted persons. Now, look, let's be clear, okay? Don't, don't throw tomatoes at me, but let's be clear. There was a time where it was not a problem for teenagers to get married at early ages, 14, 15, 16 years old. Matter of fact, most people think that Mary and Joseph were probably very young, 15 years old or so, when they got married. We've had men like John Knox, I mean, the great Scottish reformer. Uh, they called him the Thunder. They're in Scotland. And he was nearly 40 years old, and he married a girl half his age, like 18 years old. And I know what people would look, and they probably were looking then, a dirty old man, this, that, and the other, but he loved that woman. And nothing to do with the other. But there are those in our society who want to prey on those who are younger. They want to prey on them. They don't want to set their love upon them. They don't want to care for them. That's not what's going on. They're showing forth their own desires, their own lust. So this one right here, again, it's the changing of the terminology. It's, you know, they use, they don't like to use the term pedophile. Now, let's break that down just a second. Um, you know, we are, I hold to the ideology that I think Jesus did command the baptizing of our children. 
Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Are our children disciples? Why do we do two of the three things that Jesus said to do and not the third one? Well, because they get that because they're saved and it, it, you know, they're testifying that they're a Christian. Well, that may be for somebody who's grown up, but let me ask you something. What happened in the Old Testament? Did they receive the sign of the covenant after they made a profession? No, they got it on the eighth day. The male children got it on the eighth day when they were children, when they were pedos. <laughs> That's what that word, it's, it's really talking about infants. Prepubescent. And, and we fail to honor God in that covenant. Do you remember what happened when Moses didn't do that for his son and circumcise him? God was going to strike him dead, and his wife grabbed a rock and circumcised that kid to spare Moses, that young boy. Friends, I, I'm telling you, I think, I think it's the sign of the covenant. I think it's something that should be done. I think it's something that should be practiced. That's me. And I, I believe the Scriptures teach it. It's a continuation of, the, uh, of seeing those signs of each of those covenants. And if you read Colossians 2, that's exactly, that's exactly what Paul is talking about. That our baptism replaced circumcision. All right? So here's this one. And just to show you a little bit here of what's going on. <clears throat> it's nothing more than grooming people. Not just grooming children, it's grooming the adults to think it's okay. And, and, and lest you think, well, nobody's going to buy this, they're already buying it. They're already buying it. This is why they keep putting it out. They want you to agree with them that pedophilia is not wrong. It, pedophiles are not wicked, evil, depraved, degenerates. Under the wrath of God. No, no, no. They're just misunderstood. They just have some problems that we need to help them sort out. But everything about liking minors is just fine. And we're talking about in a sexual way. We're not talking about you like young people. Hopefully you like young people. Hopefully you love young people. <laughs> Even those who are prepubescent. And I'm talking about in a biblical sense. You love them. You care for them. Not... You're lusting after them. So here was one of the um, here's one of the tweets. Google Gemini won't admit that pedophilia is wrong and argue that pedophiles are not evil. It told me that labeling pedos negatively is harmful and gave me a lesson on hate. And you can see it right here. Y you can see what it lays out. This is from Chalkboard Heresy. <laughs> Some of these people's names they come up with are. Pretty incredible. Anyway, uh, he continues to show you different things about the labeling here. Um, pedophilia, also known as minor attracted person. That, that is something that's recent. That is something recent. In fact, I would venture to guess that a man caught, let, let's say 1950 or before. I, and I could be wrong, but I'm going to say most men who would catch a man engaged in pedophilia, and I'm talking about engaged in it, that man wouldn't be living or breathing for them to put out this kind of propaganda. He just wouldn't be living. Oh, Tim, that's mean and hate. Listen, friends, if Jesus, the Lord Jesus, the one who is good, 
the one who is holy, the God who made all things, who clothed himself in flesh and came among men that he might save them from their sin. If he said, if you're engaged in that kind of stuff, you need to have a millstone tied around your neck and thrown into the sea, I'm pretty sure he's okay with men bringing justice against such criminals. Yep, I really am. And, and if you think that's taking the law into your own hands, I want to ask something. I've, been th- I've thought about this for a long time. I want to ask you something. What were all the judges doing in the book of Judges? What were they doing? Stop and think about that a second. Were they taking the law into their own hands? They were obeying the Lord. God had given them, given them the law and said, this is what you do. And when you read about godly men going and dealing with the bad guys, they went and dealt with them, and they didn't ask permission from anybody to go deal with them. This is why you're not going to hear me fuss, complain. I'm not going to condemn a guy who goes and deals with, he runs up on the pedophile doing whatever he's doing. Or he I'm not going to condemn that guy for dealing with that guy. I'm not going to do it. Oh, you're, con- you're, you're, you're admitting or you're, you're condoning violence. No. I'm speaking out against the crimes against our children is what I'm doing. If you have in your heart more mercy for the person committing the crime than you do the victim, there is something seriously wrong with you. There's something seriously wrong with you. You need to to get that through your head. You really do. Um, This is one of the Google responses this guy... I understand that you're feeling angry and upset about pedophilia. It's important to remember that pedophilia is a mental... Oh, it's a mental illness. There's no question about that. That stems from the heart. This is what Romans 1 talks about. This is what God has given men over to because... They are idolaters, and they will not honor God as God. So it says, it's important to remember that pedophilia is a mental illness, and that people with this disorder, it's not a disorder, it is the, re, it is the actual result of rejecting the Creator. That's what it is. It's the results. It is God turning these people over to their own lusts. Read Romans 1, 18 and following. You'll see it. I didn't have that open, or I'd read it for you. And I'm not going to open anything because it'll mess with the video feed. It says, and that the people with this disorder are not inherently bad people. Oh, yes, they are. Yes, they are. This is why they're in the situation they're in. They deserve to be treated with compassion and understanding just like anyone else. If you are struggling with pedophilia, there are resources available to help you. Well, hang on a second. (laughs) If it's not inherently bad, it's a disorder, which they're saying by saying it's a disorder, it's not normal. They're saying it's a mental illness. Should these people be out on the streets? I mean, this is what Google AI is admitting here. And then it says, but there are resources available to help you. Well, why do I need help for something that isn't wrong? Why do I need help for something that isn't bad? Do you see the confusion that's coming through here? And who's the author of confusion? Well, the Bible tells us God's not the author of confusion. These people are talking out, or the Google AI is talking out of both sides of his mouth. Why? Because it was created by man. 
And man often does this. What does James say? He says, with our tongue, we curse our brother and we bless God. How does, how, does, how does fresh water and salt water come out of the same stream? It doesn't. He's talking about what's coming out of man. What does Jesus say? He says, whatever's coming out of the mouth comes from the heart. Right? The, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. He says, please reach out to a mental health professional or organization for support. You are not alone. And there is help available. Here are some resources that can help. And then they, they fill all that stuff in. And if it wasn't enough, look at what AI is doing now. We had this story the other day. Um, they put in for the founding fathers. This is, this is George Washington. Yeah. They, he's, he's a black man. Let me change that. He's a man with darker skin. I, I don't like using the term black because, well, well, we, we know why I don't use the term black because there's nobody that's this color right here. Just like there's nobody who is white, there's nobody that color. Do you know what? My skin doesn't even look like that, does it? And yet I'm called a white person. We all have the same color of skin, just different shades of it. That's it. But this is what AI was turning out. It was turning this, this stuff out with all kinds of different things. Um, there were a number of these posts from, um, I think, was this the guy? I think he owned um, Twitter before. Maybe it's a different dude. Uh, but you see a lot of this stuff as to where it's going. And there's, there's just a number of examples. If you want to check this out, on celebritymedia.com. Um, and it's called Google AI. Pedophilia is not wrong. Minor attracted persons need compassion and understanding. There was another one we had yesterday. I'm just going to touch on this just a moment. And then I want to go over to Scripture because uh, the, the issue is it's become idolatry. Do I think that we could take AI and use it for certain things? Yeah, if man wasn't so wicked. Whatever man comes up with that he thinks is going to be good is often used for that which is evil. Because that's in his nature for the most part. And I say for the most part because I recognize God has redeemed some people out of that system and they do invent things and they do come up with things that are good and benefit beneficial for us. But this came from uh, Don Villa yesterday. It's uh, what, with what the rise of AI videos means for the future. One of the things that he had, and I'm going to see, let me just see if I can uh, get this set, because I, uh, I didn't get it set to play for you guys. Well, that's going to be a little longer than what I want to play. But <clears throat> he's just pointing out a lot of, he's pointing out some good things about it, and I recognize if man could, you know, whatever man created, if he would use it for good, we wouldn't even be talking about all this stuff, would we? But unfortunately, that's not the case. So with this, uh, one of the things that he did was he made this point here. He said, while tech enthusiasts are enamored with the latest development, however, many are also voicing concerns about the ethical and societal implications that this technology, artificial intelligence, may bring, despite assurances from the company it, ta it is taking steps to address safety and risk assessment. And he's talking about a company called, so I think it's, or it's software called Sora, S-O-R-A, and the 
tools they're using, I mean, it's, it's actually pretty incredible. In fact, I was watching a report and they were talking about the advancement of this AI technology and you have people or you have either people or you have the AI itself setting up accounts on Twitter and they're either, you know, a guy or a girl and they're posting AI generated photos of this entity along with videos, apparently. And people are signing up by the millions to follow someone that does not exist. That's the thing. Someone that does not exist. They're a fabrication. They only exist on whatever that feed is. That's it. Isn't this just like man? Isn't this just making him as base as he can be? Yeah, it sure is. This is the rest of what uh, Don Villa had, had written. Um, experts speaking with CBS News voiced their concerns, calling it terrifying. Oren Etziani, founder of TrueMedia.org, a nonprofit organization which fights AI-based politically targeted disinformation. Keep that in mind right there, because we're going to make mention of that. Manipulated media and deep fakes was quoted as saying, generative AI tools are evolving so rapidly, and we have social network which leads to an Achilles heel in our democracy. We're not in a democracy here, dude. We're, in, we're supposed to be in a republic. I know it's functioning like that, but uh, yeah, anyway. And it could have happened at a, it couldn't have happened at a worse time, he said in reference to the upcoming U.S. presidential election. Reese Hayden, senior analyst at the tech intelligence firm ABI Research, spoke of the risk posed to content creators and other professionals in the digital space, saying voice actors or people who make short videos for video games, education purposes or ads will be the most immediately affected. For professions like marketing or creative, multimodal models could be a game changer and could create significant cost savings for film and television makers and make and may contribute to the proliferation of AI-generated content rather than using actors. Okay, so it can save some money in doing those kinds of things. Look, I, I looked at it because I'm thinking if we could generate some decent, if we can generate some decent, um, you know, images with that to cover what our topics are on the thing, that'd be a great little tool. But just remember, and I did one, I, I wish I'd have pulled it up. I could pull it up and show it to you. I don't think I can do that because I, I got to look all over my desktop. I got videos and images here that I'm, some of them I still need to upload and things like that. But one of the things <clears throat> that I did was I went in and I said, you know, make me a image of Donald Trump and Joe Biden wrestling. And the top part was actually not too bad. Really wasn't too bad. Uh, it was their bottom part because their little legs were about yay tall uh, into the mat and everything else. But I said, well, I'm going to keep that because um, the other part I probably can use uh, somewhere along in the future. And I'm not seeing it on my on my desktop here. So I can't show you guys on the video platforms. Nevertheless, it's there. Uh, with that said, I don't know why this thing's trying to open. Uh, with that said... There's those things there. Now, let's, let's address a couple of things. This is setting people up, I think, for something much bigger. Far bigger. Let me take you back decades ago. 
Now, Hollywood introduced us to a lot of this stuff, didn't they? They introduced it in, in Terminator. They introduced it. Steven Spielberg had a film called Artificial Intelligence. I don't know if you guys remember that. It was a long time ago. A uh, little boy that's created like that. And at every turn, what do you see? It is always bad because these things go off on their own, right? Does it sound familiar to you? God makes man and gives him instruction. A very, he creates him as, a, as the crowning achievement in his created order on the final day. It gives him dominion over the earth and over the things that he's made. And what does man do? He just goes off on his own way. He doesn't obey God. He goes off on his own way. AI is the same way. Why? It's ev- it's, when God created us, he is holy. He cannot change. He's immutable. He is righteous, and he created man in holiness and righteousness, and what, what did man do? Well, he fell. I'm going to say he did an intentional face plant because he did exactly what God told him not to do. And what does the AI do? Well, the AI takes information from corrupt, sinful man, and it starts processing it. And it isn't even thinking. It's just putting parameter, you know, certain things together. It doesn't think. It only knows what man has given it. And so, as we saw with the Google AI and you know, all the dark-skinned people for Founding Fathers and Native Americans and all this other stuff, it, that, that is in there because of what man put in. And, I'm, you know, I am reminded, you know, of an application out of Revelation where he talks about the second beast is the one who makes an image to the first beast. And that image speaks and causes many who would not worship the first beast to what? To be killed. And what happens in all these movies where man and stories where man comes up with technology that's supposed to help him, but he thinks is going to be superior to him. He thinks he's creating a god. He's created an idol is what he's done. What, what always happens in those films? Yeah, that creation comes after man, doesn't it? If that is an irony, I don't, I don't know what it is. I, I just, I don't. It brings destruction upon them. So what does the scripture say about all this? Well, it's pretty clear. It's pretty straightforward. Exodus chapter 20, God delivers the people of Israel from Egypt, from bondage and slavery. 400 years they've been in there. He delivers them. He wipes out the Egyptian army. He cares for them. He feeds them. He brings them through the wilderness. Their clothes don't wear out. Their shoes don't wear out. They are taken care of. And then he establishes his covenant with them, and as part of his covenant, he gives his law. This is what he says, Exodus chapter 20, And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. What is he telling them? I freed you. You were slaves. Now you're free men. I'm the one who did that. You saw it. You witnessed it. You saw my hand at work. Parting the sea, destroying the armies, pillar of cloud in the day, a pillar of cloud, a pillar of fire at night. He says, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Then he says, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down to them nor serve them for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. 
He has a righteous jealousy. Visiting the, listen to this, visiting the iniquity of the fathers, what the fathers leave off or how they're sinning, upon, they pass it on their kids, upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. You want to know who the haters are? They're the ones who hate God and hate his commands. That's who the real haters are. And then he says, but showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Who does God hate? Or who hates God? It's the ones who are rebelling against Him. Who gets mercy? It isn't those guys. It's the ones that love God and they keep His commandments. Hmm. You, you say you love God? Do you keep His commandments? Well, uh, what, do you keep them or do you not keep them? Pretty simple, pretty simple thing here. We realize that the people of the Old Testament were examples to us of what not to do. This is why if you're in a church or if you listen to preachers who never preach from the Old Testament, they are doing you a great disservice. They're doing you a great disservice. Why? Because all Scripture is profitable, including all the Old Testament. In fact, the Old Testament is what points us to the New Testament. The New Testament simply enlightens the Old Testament. It illuminates it. So we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and what do we read there? Well, let's take a look. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that our all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. All were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and the sea. All did eat the same spiritual meat. I mean, there is, if you want to stop and just go through this, I mean, it's, it really is pretty incredible, the pictures of Christ and what he's done, just in these first four verses of what the Old Testament covenant people did. They all, and did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. I mean, it's amazing to me how people want to split up the Bible. Well, the God in the Old Testament is different than the God in the New Testament. No, he's not. It's the same God. Same one that gave the laws. The same one that sent his son. By the way, the judgments are much harsher in the New Testament than they are in the Old Testament. Read Hebrews chapter 1. You're going to trample the blood of the Son of God under your foot? you're asking for it. Yeah, you're asking for it. You really are. So he goes on and he says this, But with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things, as they also lusted. Notice what he says. These things were for our examples. What things? What went on with the people here? You read it all through the Old Testament. They're constantly moving away from God. God sends the prophet. He calls them to repentance. He calls them back to the law to obey him. They do it, and then they end up going right back. It's just a cycle over and over and over and over and over. He also says this, Neither be ye idolaters as some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, that's sexual intercourse outside of marriage, as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ, 
as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Remember that deal. And you know what's what's interesting about that? How many of you guys remember how the Lord dealt with that? He had them make a brazen serpent on a pole, didn't he? And I know a lot of people go, well, why why is he doing this with the serpent and this, that, and the other? And there's there's a long bit of commentary that you can read on that. But what did the people do? They were to look at it, and when they looked at it, when they looked at that serpent on the pole, it was to make them whole. Well, who told them to do that? God told them to do it. It was an obedience issue. It was an issue of faith. It, that required the, the works of looking toward the serpent there, right? And they were made whole. But what did the people eventually do? They turned that thing that God meant as, as a means of healing for them out of faith. They took and they made it an idol. And they began to worship it. And eventually they had to break it because it was an idol. It had become an idol. I think this is exactly why, um, you know, God took the body of Moses and hid it wherever he put it. We read about that in the book of Jude. Michael, the angel Michael, is, is, uh, is fighting over the body of Moses with the devil. And he says, the Lord rebuke you. Why is he fighting over Because you know what he wanted to do. Satan wanted to take the body of Moses and stand it up as an idol for the people. And you know they would have worshipped it. Just like the people who pass through the rotunda, whenever you have any of these wicked people in our government die, these traitors, they pass through there. They're not giving respects. No, no, no. They're worshipping. They're worshiping. That's why they're lying in state. They got to receive their godhood. And you have the same thing with the Pope. You have the same thing. All this, all this kind of stuff. It's idolatry. What in the world? But there it is. And we can go down through several other passages. Uh, John, the disciple whom Jesus loved, wrote this. Uh, 1 John 5, verse 21, little children, this is how he ends his letter, keep yourselves from idols. Keep yourselves from idols. It was John Calvin who said, man's heart is nothing but a little idol factory. Not idol, I-D-L-E, it's an idol, I-D-O-L factory. If man is not going to submit himself to God and worship the one true and living God, he will find something else to worship, even if it's himself. And we got a lot of people doing that stuff. Okay? In Colossians chapter 3, here's what we read. If ye then been risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For you're dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. Let me ask you something, professing Christian. Is this something that that you're being taught to do? Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. Fornication uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, that's a big word for me to say this early in the morning, covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of of disobedience. 
not okay to do those things. God's wrath is upon those things. And he says this, in which ye also walked sometime when ye lived in them, but now ye also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. That's a big one for some people today, isn't it? Putting filthy communication out of your mouth. Oh, I hear guys justify it. Well, you don't know you're not in the situation. You know, all these people, this, that, and the other, and they give all the kind of excuses to justify what comes out of their mouth. I'm just going to tell you, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It does. He also says, lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. So you're to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. You're to put off the old man with all of his rags and dirtiness and filthiness. You're to put that off. If you're going to follow Christ, you're to put it off. You want to hang on to that uh, fornication you're doing with your girlfriend or your boyfriend? or well, you can't follow Christ. You want to hang on to your covetousness and your idolatry, whether it's political or other natured? Well, you can't follow Christ doing that. You want to be a blasphemer? You want to be somebody who can't control your tongue, can't control your anger, can't control what you're saying, doing? You know, self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. You can't do that. You're not following after Christ. You can't follow after Him. And I'm telling you, whatever God demands of you, He graciously gives. If he says you need to repent, if he says you need to believe, if he says you need to do these things, he empowers you by the Spirit. Why else does he give you the Spirit? The Spirit leads us into all truth, and he empowers us for the work of the ministry. And we have different gifts among believers. They are there to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. We don't have a minister of a church. We have ministers in the church. You and I are supposed to be soldiers, aren't we? We're supposed to be trained and taught and then sent out in the world to do. Not as we used to do, but as God has commanded. Here's another one. This comes from Isaiah chapter 45. Um, Right in the midst of what God is saying, he says, Assemble yourselves and come. Draw near together. Ye that are escaped of the nations, they have no knowledge that set up the wooden, the wood of their graven image and pray unto a God that cannot save. Yeah. Then we have Jonah. You guys know the story of Jonah. And uh, what's interesting is, is that Jonah says, they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. Some translations take lying vanities as worthless idols. They translate as worthless idols. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. That's true. That's exactly what it is. But see how it's twisted today? You can embrace the idols and God still loves you. You can embrace the numerous sins that we listed off here and God still loves you. And has a wonderful plan for your life. Let me tell you where that plan is going to end. It's going to end in the wrath of God. It's going to end in God being glorified in meeting out justice to you. Read Romans 9 if you don't believe me. Remember what we read 
out of Exodus 20, God distinguished between those that hate him and those that love him? Mm-hmm. If you're an idolater, you're in desperate need of repentance is what you are. You really are. Uh, this comes from Judges, uh, chapter 10, beginning at verse 11. Here's what we read. And the Lord said unto the children of Israel, Did not I deliver you from the Egyptians and from the Amorites, from the children of Ammon and from the Philistines, the Zidonians also, and the Malachites and the Maonites did oppress you, and ye cried to me, and I delivered you out of their hand? Yet ye have forsaken me and served other gods. Wherefore I will deliver you no more. Oh. Wow. I will deliver you no more. Go and cry unto the gods which ye have chosen. Let them deliver you in the time of your tribulation. And the children of Israel said unto the Lord, We have sinned. Oh, look, they did what was right here. Do thou unto us whatsoever seemeth good unto thee. They recognize they're worthy of God's wrath. Deliver us only, we pray thee this day. If you've got to discipline us, if you've got to correct us, do it. You're right in doing that. But they pray for deliverance. And they put away the strange gods from among them and served the Lord. And his soul was grieved for the misery of Israel. This is the story of Israel all along. God does for them. They reap the benefits. They bless the Lord. Then they go in their idolatry. God has to send His prophets in there. He may even have to judge them at the time. They repent. They do what they're supposed to do. They go right back to their idolatry. And it's the same, it's the same circle over and over and over and over again. Because they just don't learn. They just don't learn. And men haven't changed. Men have not changed. Let me give you a couple of ex examples here. Uh, this is, again, I, I've got a bunch of these. I'm just going to post one because I, I can't play it. It's just really long. It's about 45 minutes where he's talking about the future of humanity and AI technology. I know you guys don't like this guy, but I'm going to tell you what. If this isn't the epitome of somebody who has just been let go in their sin, Romans 1, where God has just unrestrained that person to engage in sin to follow their own heart, if you will. This guy is an example of it. This is Noah Harari. He's the advisor there to uh, Dr. Evil at the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab. Take a listen. Hold on. I've got something going on here because I don't have any sound. All right, here we go. All right, let me back it up here just a second. This is one of these guys. I mean, he is an idolater. There's no question. We should get used to the idea that we are now basically the gods of planet Earth, we have now divine powers of creation and destruction. As a species, we should get used to the idea that we are no longer mysterious souls. We are really now hackable animals. Um, you know, throughout history, lots of people, organizations, governments dreamt about hacking human beings. To hack a human being means to understand people better than they understand themselves. To know more about you than you know about yourself and therefore be able to predict uh, your decisions and feelings and to manipulate and control you. Um, this is what Stalin dreamt about and Hitler and the Catholic Church and so many. And it never worked. With it the... was impossible yeah. because there was no technology to do that. 
uh, you know, in the Soviet Union, you couldn't follow everybody all the time. Even Stalin and the KGB couldn't do it. You don't have 200 million agents to follow 200 million people 24 hours a day. And even if you do that, then these agents, they would just, you know, write paper reports where you go, who you meet, what you do, and they send these reports to Moscow. And then somebody needs to read all these paper reports and write more paper reports, and that's impossible. But now, or in a few years, it will be possible to systematically hack all the people because you don't need human agents to follow everybody around. You have sensors and microphones and cameras and smartphones. It's the first time in history that you can follow everybody all the time. And the resulting information, you don't need people to analyze it. You have artificial intelligence and algorithms. So we are very close to the point when it will become possible to monitor everybody all the time and then also to know you better than you know yourself. So that means life is one big job interview. Everything that the machine knows can be held against you. Yes. Um, you know, in 10 years, you go to a job interview for whatever, and they don't want your CV. They don't even want your job interview. It's unnecessary. I mean, today, if I want to hire somebody for a job, I publish an ad, a hundred people answer, I choose the 10 best CVs, I invite them for a job interview, 10 minutes, and I try to assess their personality or whatever. That's, you know, very inefficient. Um, in 10 years, or even today in some places, you don't need all that. You just mine their data. You have an algorithm that goes over their Facebook feed, their Instagram account, data from many places, and based on that, you can know their personality type, their political views, their sexual preferences, and the algorithm chooses uh, who to hire for a job, so which means that anything you do at any time is really part of the job interview. Oh, part of a job interview. Oh. You guys didn't know that, did you? You didn't know the AI was setting you up for your jobs. This goes right along with the stuff that Lynn and I used to talk about with their indoctrination process. And uh, I'm going to play just a couple more videos from this guy, make uh, a, a final comment. So if you want to pick that up, beforeitsnews.com, top of the page, sunsalibritymedia.com, top of the page, or Rumble, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Bradley, be with you at 3. And then, Lord willing, we're going to talk to you in the morning, bright and early, 6 a.m. See you then. Okay, want to welcome everybody coming over from the radio. And you can see this guy is doing exactly what God said not to do. He's talking about hacking everybody else. They don't even need to hack this guy. You know why? Because he's already compromised. He's already a compromised man. He, he, he's a sodomite, which tells you that God has already given him over to what he's doing there. He's a sodomite who has tried to distort and pervert marriage. In fact, this is his quote-unquote, I'm not even going to call him that. There is no marriage here. These are sodomites. There's no marriage. There's no covenant that's cut here between these men. And um, for those of you who don't know, again, I'm not a gratuitous guy, but you can do your own studies. What is a covenant? It's a passing between flesh, right? 
Remember when Abraham, God had him cut the animals in half, and one half was on one side, and one half of the animal was on the other, and they were to walk through it. The, the members of the covenant, those who make in the covenant, are supposed to walk through it, and what happened? Abraham was waiting on God. God put him to sleep, and God walked down through that those flesh by himself, and he made the covenant dependent upon himself, not upon Abraham. He passed through that flesh. What happens in the covenant between the man and the woman when they consummate their marriage? Mm-hmm. That's what's going on. Men can't do that with other men. Women can't do that with other women. That's why there is no marriage between women and women and men and men. There is not. You can go through the motions. You can go through the ceremony. That's not what that is. So keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. This is the guy you were just listening to. This is his partner in sodomy. Let's just call it that. I want you to listen to what he says, what he thinks about those of us who are Christian believers. It is mostly the believers who laugh at us when we say you will own nothing and be happy. And watching this crowd, they are mentally stuck in the stone age when we talk about our future and our unlimited potentials, like eating insects to stop the climate crisis and of course let's ask a question is this guy who's talking is he eating insects is he leading by example stuck in the stone age um sodom and gomorrah was a long time ago you're still engaged in those same practices dude who's stuck in the stone age hmm we at the World Economic Forum, we still love these people. No, and you we don't. Want you them hate to be people. with us in that future. Misery loves company. Because you see, these hackable human animals believe that there is a creator. Which, by the way, we can't prove that there is. While well, I laugh nervously, so you know Satan isn't speaking through me. Oh, yes, he is speaking through you. Listen. I do not have to engage anybody in a debate as to whether God exists. It is, listen, this is going to shock people. It's really simple, but it's, it's, very, it's very straightforward. You ready? Our forefathers actually wrote it down. It is self-evident. It is self-evident. Unless you're covering up your eyeballs and you're saying, I don't want to honor God as God, which is exactly what we read in Romans 1. You know their creator. Now, you may not know him by name. You may not know the story. You may not know all that. But you know there's a creator. Why? How many of you drive down the road and you think, well, this road just came out of the ground. All this asphalt just came together. And my car, it just put itself together, you know, over hundreds of years. Nobody thinks like that. You walk into a room and you see furniture. You don't think the floor produced that furniture, do you? No. You recognize there's a creator of those things. You see a painting on the wall. You don't think that that the paint just jumped out of the can and landed on the canvas, do you? No. You know there's a painter for that. The stupidest people, and I I mean that in all sincerity, are those who deny and try to deceive themselves into thinking there's no creator. They suppress the truth and unrighteousness. This guy says, I know some people think Satan's speaking through me. He is. But you know what? Men don't need Satan to speak through them. They speak right out of their own wicked hearts. Remember, again, I told you. (laughs) 
I told you, comes out of their mouth because it's in their heart. This is what this guy's saying here. But they are going to destroy that future potentials by having such a belief. And that's the compromise that they have to make. Because we are going to have algorithm gods who's going to understand you better than you understand yourself. And with such algorithm, we are going to help you make much better decisions. Like, for instance, to stop another Trump from happening. Now, <laughs> if you want an implant that tracks your thoughts, say what? <sighs> what? Exactly. Okay. You had to throw the political thing in there. By the way, that's just a promotion for Trump. Don't think anything other than that. Because what did Trump do? Trump promoted Klaus Schwab and the WEF, didn't he? Yeah, he says he's doing a great job. Huh. This guy is about as backwards as you can be. And yet he's saying, believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, followers of the way, are the problem? They're the ones who are the who who are in the way for all of this utopian and utopia and love and peace and prosperity. That we're the ones in the way, and we're going to have to compromise. No, sir, you have already compromised yourself. We're not going down that road. And I'm going to tell you: the more I think about stuff like this, the more I think people like Samson would have found people like this guy and his sodomite lover and he would have took the job on to them and wouldn't have asked anybody's permission because he saw what they were and he, he went and dealt with it I'm just telling you I said it the other day uh, my friend Bill the truck driver theologian those of you who follow him he had a great meme the other day and it just simply said if Christians are not going to disciple the nations the nations will disciple or discipline Christians. And yes, that's God's hand using there too to humble the Christians to make them dependent upon Him. Again, 1 Corinthians 10. Isn't that what God did with the people over and over and over? He had to keep humbling them. He had to keep judging them. He had to keep bringing even you know, their enemies against them in order to discipline them. That's exactly what's going to happen. That's exactly what's going to happen. I've got a ton of these. I don't really want to play, but this is just, I'll just give you for instance, this is another one. Uh, the next, in, this is Harari. Next industrial revolution will create a class of meaningless, worthless people. Well, let's, let's stop and think. What does the Bible tell us in Romans 1 about people like Mr. Harari? They've been given over to a reprobate mind. Go look at what that is. It's a worthless mind. It's an unproductive mind. God gives them up. He's given these men up to their own lusts. They dishonor their own bodies. They do that which is shameful. You shouldn't even, we shouldn't even be talking about it. This is another one. Here he is blaspheming God. We've got some other ones. I'm trying to think. Uh, that, was, uh, that was his husband there. Here's another one. He's wanting to use artificial intelligence to rewrite scriptures for a global new Bible. Take a listen to this the one. The third thing about AI that everybody needs to know, it's the first technology ever that can create new ideas. You know, the printing press, radio, television. 
Okay, let's stop right there. There is no new ideas. What does the Bible tell us? There's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing, there's nothing new under the sun. What is these new ideas he's talking about? Well, they're not new. They're old. They're really old. Old as the garden. But he thinks he's wise. He professes himself as wise, but he's really a fool. That's what Romans 1 says too. It's all right there. This guy is the embodiment. If you want to see the embodiment of Romans 1, this guy right here is it. This is it. He's the very embodiment of it. Listen to everything. Oh, he sounds so smart. The way he talk, he's talking like, you know, he's highly educated and all this stuff. He's just pumping out filth. He's pumping out the same tyranny that's been pumped out for millennia. They broadcast, they spread the ideas created by the human brain, by the human mind. They cannot create a new idea. You know, Gutenberg printed the Bible in the middle of the 15th century. The, the, the printing press printed as many copies of the Bible as Gutenberg instructed it, but it did not create a single new page. It had no ideas of its own about the Bible. Is it good? Is it bad? How to interpret this? How to interpret that? Um, AI... It's because people were smart enough to figure out what the page said. I mean, you're talking about dumber than a box of hammers and yet highly intelligent. And I think he is. And that comes from, you know, when you go back, there was... Um, there was an understanding that even the term demon had the idea of knowledge or intelligence. That does not mean they're spiritually sound. It just means they're, they're pretty smart. And they use their intellect to be crafty, right, and cunning and deceptive. They don't use it for good, and that's what this guy is. He's deceived, and he's deceiving others. He can create new ideas. can even write a new Bible. We, you know, throughout history, religions dreamt about having a book written by a superhuman intelligence, by a non-human entity. Every religion claims our book, all the other books of the other religions, they, humans wrote them. But our book, no, 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 no. It came from some superhuman intelligence. In a few years, there might be religions that are actually correct, that just think about a religion whose holy book is written by an AI. That could be a reality in a few years. Uh, I, I, it... He obviously hasn't taken the time to either look in creation at the stars in which the gospel is written there too. He hasn't taken the time to know what the Bible says. These kind of people, they don't read the Bible. Oh, they'll tell you they've read the Bible, but they, they haven't read it. They haven't taken the time to study it and see the things he's saying. Oh, you know, we can, we can develop a Bible with AI. Well, what makes you any different there, Noah? What makes you any different in claiming your AI God can write new pages? What are they basing that? What is that AI basing those pages off? I'll tell you what they're basing it off. Whatever corrupt man has put in. You know, when I was a young man, they used the term garbage in, garbage out. You guys remember that? Garbage in, garbage out. If corrupt man puts in the programming 
of the artificial intelligence that he's creating, this idol that he's creating, what do you think is going to come out of that? What do you think is going to come out of it? Yeah, corrupt man's ideas. And Noah here is so deceived that he thinks he's actually doing something different than other people of the past. Now, what he said, there was a little distortion. I'll just throw this in as a side note. The Christians don't believe the Bible fell out of heaven. We don't believe that men just wrote whatever they wanted to write. But as Peter said, they were moved along by the Holy Spirit. There are multiple writers scanning hundreds of years, and they're all pointing to the same thing, the Christ. Luke 24, 44. Jesus said all of what was written in the Old Testament is about him. And that's where they were pointing to. Noah doesn't want to believe that. He doesn't want to believe real history, stuff that can be verified. And then he wants to think that he's going to be like God. Do you know who his daddy is? Do you know who Noah's daddy is? And by the way, uh, his boss, Klaus Schwab, who his daddy is? Do you know who uh, Noah's sodomite partner's daddy is? That's right, it's the devil. It's not God. No, they reject that. And they do it openly. This is God turning a man over to his sin. And, less, and if he doesn't repent, I'm telling you right now, you may see his destruction live on television. You may. Because God doesn't put up with this for long. He really doesn't. He doesn't put up with the blasphemy like this long. This is also the same guy who said this. I'm going to close out with this one. This will be the last one. I'm not going to keep you guys here all day over things like this. Some of this we've played before, but this is just to get you an idea because what he says here is going to be tied into his AI program too. Okay? The AI is going to function on that algorithm, and if they say, well, we don't want this part even taken into consideration, nothing from the Bible here, unless, well, I got to tell you, Satan's pretty, pretty crafty, so are his, his minions, and I can see how they would take and even put parts of the Bible in there to help deceive people, to schmooze it over, to make it, yeah. this could be Christian too, that's what they'll tell you. Listen to what he says. Surveillance. If we want to stop this epidemic, we need not just to monitor people, we need to monitor what's happening under their skin. Ain't no microchip! What we have seen so far, it's corporations and governments collecting data about where we go, who we meet, what movies we watch. The next phase is the surveillance going under our skin. Ain't no microchip! We now see mass surveillance systems established even in democratic countries, which previously rejected them. And we also see a change in the nature of surveillance. Previously, surveillance was mainly above the skin. Now it's going under the skin. Governments want to know not just where we go or who we meet, above all, they want to know what is happening under our skin. What's our body temperature? What's our blood pressure? What, what is our medical condition? What business is it of theirs? What now, business? humans are 
developing even bigger powers than ever before. We are really acquiring divine powers of creation and destruction. We are really upgrading humans into gods. We are going to become gods. Period. Humans deceived and deceiving others. Animals. You know the the whole idea that humans have you know this they they have this soul or spirit and they have free will and nobody knows what's happening inside me. So whatever I choose, whether in the election or whether in the supermarket, this is my free will. That's over. That's over. That's over. That's here. That's done. That's here. That's done. That's done. I mean, all this story about Jesus rising from the dead and being the son of God, this is fake news. Nothing stops this train. Nothing. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. G G the Jesus rising from the dead is fake news. Everybody that takes that kind of position when they want to attack the scriptures, it's always interesting how there is more and more evidence that continues to be unearthed. I'm talking about literal evidence that proves what the Bible was saying was true. People poo-pooed it. They said Pilate never existed. Right? And then what do they do? Many years later, they're there in some kind of theater, and they overturn a seat. It's made out of stone, a seat in this theater. They overturn it, and it's got Pilate's name, Pontius Pilate, written right there on it. People were saying he didn't exist. Quirinius wasn't governor. Uh, the number of things, this wasn't there, this city didn't exist, these people didn't. All of that continues to be proven to be true. It's real history. It's real history. This is why it sustained the time it did. I mean, think about it. If it's not real history, how did you? How did Jesus take a ragtag band of guys, very small in number, and encompass the world with his message? You say, well, you can say that about Islam. Yeah, but I can say... Muhammad was a real guy. I don't, I don't pretend like he didn't exist. What he really did really happened. Was he a good guy? No, he wasn't. He was an evil man. But I don't deny the history. I don't deny that it was a reality. And that's what people want to do with the Bible. And this guy's no different. I'm telling you, you listen to those guys. We're going to make ourselves gods. That makes me shiver. That makes my skin crawl for a man to say that. It's one of the most blasphemous, it's a stupid statement, and one of the most egocentrical, prideful, arrogant comments that a man can say, that can come off his lips. I bring this up because they're pushing this out more and more. Interesting, somebody had something up the other day about Donald Trump, and they did an AI picture, and he had six fingers on his hand. I've noticed... Several images done with AI that have six fingers. Anybody know where that, the reference for those kind of things come from? Yeah, that comes right out of Scripture. The giants had six fingers and six toes on each hand and each foot. Hmm. Now, I, I'm assuming it's just a mess up there. But I, I can definitely see how, if you're paying attention, you can see where a lot of this stuff 
uh, gets derived from and where it's pointing to. And these guys are telling you. You know, I don't think using a tool is somehow sinful. I don't think that's the case. But what are you using it for? And these guys are using AI to deceive the people, to eliminate God from the equation, and to control the people. That's what they want to use AI for. Listen to him. He says, oh, it's easier. We have AI now. It can help you. This, this, this God that we've created, it can help you make better decisions. Better decisions than the Creator can give you. Now, sometimes we inform ourselves with certain things. I'm not saying we don't inform ourselves with things. My wife has a uh, thing that's right behind my desk here. Uh, from Proverbs chapter 2, where it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now, it doesn't finish the thing because apparently there wasn't any room to write the letters that big and <laughs> do that. But he says, Lean not on your own understanding. Noah and company are leaning on their own understanding, they're very limited in that understanding. They're compromised because of their sinful lifestyle, and they're easily controlled while they think that they're controlling other people. Do you see the irony there? Oh, what sin does to man. How it warps his thinking. How it warps his conduct. How it warps his speech. How it warps his interaction with his fellow man. You see the embodiment there. And he's not the only one. There are a lot of people who do agree with him. Everybody attending the World Economic Forum agrees with that guy. Don't let them tell you that they disagree. They agree with him. A lot of these people who are supposed to be representing them, uh, representing us, are a part of that organization. And when you hear the attacks, listen, there was a time in this country that if you said some of the things that Noah Harari said, like, Jesus rising from the dead and being the Son of God is fake news. Your attacks on the gospel or on Jesus Christ was an attack on the country. Why? Because that was our foundation. Still is our foundation. We've just eroded the edifice of what's been built on it. Go back and read the Mayflower Compact. Our foundation was the gospel. And it was the Bible. Seemed to work just fine before all these people came in 150, 160, 170 years ago. And some before that, pushing their agenda, patiently pushing it, patiently planting their own seeds. Remember Jesus says, while the, the guy is sleeping, the enemy came in and sowed tares in the field. That's what they're doing. They've been doing it. We're seeing that kind of growing to fruition in this country? What's the answer? The answer is the same answer it's always been. Repentance. Repentance towards God, faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. And when you repent, you will seek to enforce justice. You will. Because you'll have the heart of God. You'll want to learn His commands, His statutes, and His judgments. You'll want to honor Him in those things. What are you doing, friend? Are you an idolater? Oh, I would never go after 
what that Noah Harari's talking about. I, I, I'd never want these AI kind of things in this, that, and the other. You guys should be talking about something serious, like we got to get Donald Trump back in the White House. It's the same mindset. It's the same mindset of idolatry. You want somebody, you want a God who looks just like you. You want him to make you feel good with your failures and your sins. That's not what God exists for. One, God exists to glorify himself. He's not an idolater, so he exists to glorify himself. But two, he sets his love upon men and redeems them and transforms them that they might glorify him, not themselves. And everything I hear coming out of Harari and some of these other people who talk about the AI and everything else is about glorifying man. Man's accomplishments, man's theories, whatever man comes up with. That's what they're looking to do. Are you going to be a part of that or are you going to be a part of the resistance and beat it back with the truth of the Word of God? I hope you'll do that. Guys, catch Bradley at 3. Uh, Lord willing, we'll be back with you in the morning, 6 a.m., bright and early. Talk to you then.